Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Hey, 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 welcome back to yet another episode of the AIP podcast. It's your host, it's Anne CEO of Supercharged Lab, on behalf of the AI Partnerships Core. And today, super happy to have a guest from Semantic Brain. Uh, Semantic Brain is at the forefront of addressing critical gaps in AI security and reliability. So all of you, please join me in giving a warm, warm welcome to Joe Anandaraja. He is representing Semantic Brain. Now, Joe is fueled by this unshakable passion for the transformative potential of AI. His journey is dedicated to bridging the gaps hindering AI adoption and progress, particularly in the realm of security and reliability. So in this episode, we're going to dive deep into the world of Semantic Brain exploring their cutting-edge solutions and the impactful future that Joe is envisioning for AI. So join us on this exciting journey as we discuss and shape the future of AI security and reliability. Hey, Joe, it's so good to have you on our show today. Thank you, Anne. Uh, Really glad to be here and thank you for having me. Absolutely. Let's dive right in. I'd love to learn more about you. Tell me about you, yourself, your journey and how you got to Semantic Brain. Yeah, so um, I love math and I have loved math since I was a little kid. Uh, Probability and statistics was something that fascinated me. So was calculus. Um, And this interest... uh, you know, eventually led me to compete in a, uh, in a number of math uh, and physics competitions and ended up uh, winning some national and international awards in math and physics. I also took some linear algebra courses in university, uh, ended up uh, getting an engineering degree and an MBA. And a few years after graduation, I ended up working as a consultant for the University of Toronto um, Innovations Foundation where I started working on AI projects, uh, including startup commercialization. That was kind of super interesting to me. And I really had the opportunity to bring my probability stats, calculus, and linear algebra background into this. I saw the potential, loved it. Um, And ever since then, I've been taking AI courses, uh, prototyping, experimenting with TensorFlow, scikit-learn, NLTK. and a few years later, essentially, I ended up uh, working for Scotia Bank and then TD on some big data and some AI projects. Uh, met my co-founder at TD. He has he has a PhD in computational neurosciences, and um, and we jointly recognized that there's a huge opportunity uh, in the AI space. Uh, it was growing fast especially in areas, uh, and it has lots of, lots of potential in financial services and wealth management. So that's how we ended up uh, essentially uh, starting Semantic Brain, uh, applying AI essentially uh, in financial services initially. Wow. It sounds like Semantic Brain has had a couple of uh, significant pivots in its journey. So maybe you can share with us a little bit about how you move from the fintech space into building enterprise security solutions. Yeah. So when we initially started, we were kind of working with a hedge fund advisory firm, uh, which essentially meant that we were working in wealth management and capital markets type solutions. Um, and uh, we independently developed some high-value-added uh, wealth management, uh, you know, mortgage solutions, 
that we ended up pitching to the big banks uh, in Canada. Um, and, um, and really uh, what we found out was they were, they were really compelled by the high value and how we can transform the industry, but they were really concerned about security and reliability. So what was in their mind was, you know, how do you protect sensitive and confidential data? Um, how about the negative impact uh, it can have on brands when the reliability is not there? Uh, what about re reputational risks, uh, legal issues, cost overruns? So, so we ended up adding security functionality initially to our wealth management offering, but then we realized what we needed to do is kind of separate it out uh, and and focus on it because there was a lot of demand for that. So, and 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 we also recognized that we needed to kind of make it work with what the banks already have. They shouldn't have to go and forklift what's existing, but really make it work with what they already have. And and this should also work with their current chatbot implementations and other software applications. So. So that's how we kind of made the pivot. Like we haven't abandoned wealth management, but we are focusing on helping uh, banks and financial service institutions add that security and reliability layer. It's a small add-on that kind of makes a big difference. That sounds amazing. You spent a lot of time developing these current solutions, bringing together holistic software systems thinking, and then merging it with AI. Maybe you can share more about, you know, um, how holistic software systems thinking works, really. Yeah, so, so basically, uh, actually, within a few weeks of deciding to focus on AI security and reliability, uh, what we realized was that nobody in the AI space was taking um, uh, a holistic view of you know whatever financial services or healthcare institutions um, have in terms of their applications and their infrastructure, um, and this was kind of readily apparent to both myself and my uh, co-founder because both of us had significant experience in enterprise enterprise uh, systems and software. Um, it's, and the other thing is, if you look at it from an enterprise perspective, it's their, their existing systems and software is not going to go away. They're going to add more AI applications, but there's going to be a lot of hybrid applications that have conventional software and AI capabilities. And, and, and really what happened is, is dawned on me that what we needed to do was kind of merge AI security and reliability with DevSecOps. So DevSecOps stands for development, security, and operations. And, and it's a bunch of tools and best practices that really should be combined um, uh, with AI security and safe, uh, you know, safety reliability capabilities. And fortunately, I had the opportunity to work with Scotia Bank, uh, architecting their DevSecOps for cloud and big data. And, and, and that really gave me the insight to kind of 
merge these two domains together optimally uh, and and kind of work we started working with some leading companies in the DevSecOps space um, and and AI has its own ops uh, solutions like MLOps and LLM ops but these are still very much AI centric there's no real thinking about how to integrate with enterprise systems and software so so we found once we decided that we need really need to integrate with DevSecOps that you know uh, there's a lot more you can do we can help enterprises reduce risk substantially and help them speed up development absolutely how do you think security and risk management in enterprise organizations have evolved and where do you think it's going to go in the near future essentially there's like three big shifts um, and and some other ones too uh, that that are happening from terms of enterprise security and risk management the biggest one is like when let's say like financial institutions uh, you know introduced internet mobility uh, remote work and cloud computing these technologies were not risk free they all introduce new risks and and you know some moved relatively quickly others moved uh, slow but eventually what they what enterprises learned to do is kind of take calculated risks and and and, and mitigate those risks along the way um, and then from a security perspective what has been happening is what you call shift left security so so what they're doing now is more and more when they're designing or architecting a solution they are building security into it as opposed to making security an afterthought bringing it in uh, on the right uh, so the, now they're going on, on the left side um and one of the biggest things is, has been um cloud security so cloud security you know it has it, i mean cloud has has had a number of security challenges um and 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 enterprises implementing cloud have had to um you know incorporate identity management encryption you know secure apis etc to kind of make things secure and so so we're kind of now getting into this ai journey which is a more riskier but kind of enterprises have graduated to handle these types of security risks but there's also other ones to to keep in mind zero trust essentially means even if somebody is inside the building you need to identify them and you know authorize them to um uh, to before you have them give them access to certain things so that's a very important uh, security uh, uh uh concept that has come into play data privacy has become more and more important uh so gdpr uh, is is something that everybody talks about um and also regulate from a regulatory perspectives uh things are becoming more global uh, and also uh, like it's more stricter and more uniform so these are some of the things um that have been shaping uh, how enterprises approach uh security great and um I think we're just about to run out of time but maybe let's talk a little bit about 
why there is a need for us to change the way we think about enterprise risk. How do you think a corporate leader can embrace changes in enterprise risk? Yeah, so so I, I, I think there's a few fundamental things. Technology is advancing quite rapidly. Uh, it's not going to slow down. This is especially true in AI. And, and really, it's very, it's becoming harder and harder to predict where, where things will end up. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's risk of uh, related to adopting new technology, but there's also risk associated with not taking any action. And, 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 and risk is always relative. It's not like, yes, so, you know, zero or one uh, or zero or 100. Um, and, and we really need to set benchmarks. Like, you know, sometimes if you're talking about AI, those benchmarks may need to be relative to humans. And, and really what enterprises need to consider at this point in time is like, you know, what is the best place to get started? Where is this kind of most manageable, minimal? Is it customer facing or employee facing applications? Is it uh, you know em employees supporting customer f uh, customers? Um, so people need to consider that and then figure out whether they want to you know start with their internal help desk or use it for marketing, and then go into customer uh, you know facing applications. Um, and enterprises really need to kind of may need to be data driven, so they need to kind of test some things out really identify if there's risks and how well is being managed before saying yes or no and kind of take a graduated approach to to you know advancing because not doing anything and kind of ignoring ai is, is definitely not the right approach either um, and but there are some things like you know you can't ignore data privacy uh, you know and, and you need to have some sort of ai governance framework in place because it's going to be relevant yeah that's great joe and well thanks for thanks for this um conversation joe it's been such an enlightening um conversation and absolutely i think our audience is going to be able to learn a lot about risk and security and the approach to enterprise security um, and with that i guess we are out of time and so once again thank you Joe, for being on the, the show today. It's been such a pleasure to have you on our show. Again, my name is Anne Cheng. I'm CEO of Supercharged Lab, and I'm your host on behalf of the AI Partnerships Core. I'm signing off. Good luck to everybody and all the best. Thank you, Anne.